Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, crypto. It does, right? Now, you say you've got the next big bet. Share that with us. Yeah, so if you look at what happened with the Bitcoin ETF, right? Bitcoin is an asset. It's now been accepted within Wall Street, and now people want to get access. I think that the next big run of equities is going to end up being in altcoin ETFs. And what I mean by that is forget which coin or which protocol, but the altcoin ETF issuers, I think, are going to have a great run over the next two years. I've made three bets here. I invested in Bitwise. I invested in a company called 21 Shares. And then the only publicly traded company is something called DeFi Technologies. And all three of these, they basically want to give people exposure to assets. They don't care which one you pick. They just want to make sure that it's easier for you to put money into this ecosystem in this industry. And I think all three will do well. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. And today we're watching the crypto market pump, but there is plenty of positive news on the horizon. We're going to be breaking down tokenization, crypto ETFs, and how the largest companies on the planet are in the process of turning digital we're going to break down the details showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So guys, we're going to talk about a lot of exciting news today, but I think debatably the most exciting topic of today it is Johnny Crypto's birthday, my friend. So happy birthday, Johnny Crypto. Shout out to you. And how you feeling this morning? We're all wishing you not only a great day, but a great year, my friend. Uh, you guys are amazing. And I'm just proud to call you all brothers, sisters, family members. So good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. I love and appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. And you guys just make my birthday even a better day. So I love you all. Thank you. We appreciate you, Johnny and Mario. I wanted to start off the show by showing the clip of Anthony Pompliano because I've got some new evidence from Van Eyck and Grayscale about altcoin ETFs being filed at the SEC. This is going to be a huge episode, but how are you feeling? And thanks for being here. Good morning. I'm feeling good, Abs. Thanks. Uh, thank you for asking. It, it's an exciting day. Absolutely. The market is pumping, but obviously, like you said, debatable. Maybe because it's Johnny's birthday, it's also a great day, but absolutely. Happy birthday, brother. Sending you all love out there. Andrew Cashlow, and we've got some VeChain news on the horizon as well. And I've also got some Ethereum updates when it comes to Gary Gensler claiming this asset is a security. But we're going to discuss it later in the show. How are you feeling? And thank you for being here. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody here from the Netherlands, uh, 5, uh, 5, 10 p.m. You know, I just, just before the show, I got an email from Strato telling me that the, 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 the uh, part of my holdings from Celsius paid out to my Coinbase account. Guys, this is super, super exciting news. It's of course, it's not all. I think it's about 30% of what I had, but still, that was a lot of money. So uh, I, I'm very happy. It, it's, it made my day and I'm uh, super excited. Uh, Bitcoin is going up. So I have more Bitcoin in my portfolio now, more Ethereum in my portfolio. So I need to set up a new exit plan for all this extra bitcoin and ethereum guys it's really good news uh, thank you aaron bennett because he was all the way all the time he was telling about strato celsius and uh, it's really an amazing guy so uh, he keeps the motivation high thank, thank you, you so much cash flow and we're gonna get this thing rocking and rolling here guys the same way we always do by checking out the good morning crypto twitter account that is at 3tgm crypto on twitter go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day 
Look at the price charts here, Johnny Crypto. We've got VeChain up 26% on the daily candles, but let's actually focus on a weekly time frame because when we zoom out seven days, almost every single project that we track is positive. Whether it's XRP up 5%, we got VeChain up 51% on the week, Gala is up 20%, AVAX is up 16%, and most notably, guys, we have Ethereum climbing up 16% based on the positive news. We'll discuss how institutions are slowly moving into altcoins as well. We already got 350 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And today, we're looking at the Merlin market update, sitting at $1.95 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 52% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $51,900 this morning. Ethereum is $28.26. Solana touched just below $120 yesterday on the price chart, currently sitting at $114. And XRP climbing up 3% on the 24-hour, sitting at $0.55 cents this morning. And Johnny, you know what I always say on this show. We give credit where credit is due. And Michael Saylor, credit is due to this man this morning as Michael Saylor's controversial Bitcoin bet is now worth over $10 billion on the balance sheet. He took a lot of heat last year, remember? We were talking about if a black swan event happens, Michael Saylor gets liquidated at 4000 Look how quickly things change. We're not going back to 4000 anytime soon. But before we get into our XRP and altcoin content, what's your reaction? Michael Stewart, for the time being, is correct. I love guys like that. For me, that's kind of how I try to live my life, too, is you always want to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. Now. See, if everybody else counts birthdays. I don't. I stopped counting birthdays 20 years ago, right? So always do the opposite of what people do. Kudos to Michael Sayers. He had a belief. He believed in something. He went for it. People were laughing at him. They were bashing him at 15K. Imagine you buy something. Imagine you put $4 billion into something. You look at the at the, at the at the sheet, and it's worth $2 billion. You just lost $2 billion, right? Because it had gone down to half. But he was smart. He said, no, no, no. I figured this out. Where I, I, he, he was leveraged to the point where it wasn't going to hurt him until it got to like 3K or something. A number that would be almost, at that point, like Bitcoin's dead anyway, right? So he was so smart, so brilliant. And I love guys like that. I really did. I've always liked Sailor. Uh, kudos for him. He did the right thing. And I think we're doing the same thing. Is we're, we're pushing along in this space where all our friends, all our families were telling us in the bear run, get the hell out. You guys screwed up. You know, this big scam. Then FTX went down. Even more people were laughing, right? But we stood strong just like Sailor did. And here we are today, Abs, at the cusp of something big. And we're celebrating. And let me tell you, it's not even time to celebrate yet. It's early still. We oh, still yeah. have a very promising two years, in my opinion, my friend. And I want to provide a little bit of, a, I guess, the opposite side of the spectrum here, because the market is overly bullish, or at least relatively overly bullish, right? For the short term, we've already went from about $38,000 to $52,000 in just a seven-day time frame. What I wanted to highlight for our listeners is what Blockchain Backer's been saying on his channel, Johnny, and we'll kick it to Cashflow and Mario here. But he says that Bitcoin is just touching the 702 retrace on the Fibonacci scale, meaning it would be very normal for us to see a pullback to the bottom of this range here, touching the mid thirty-five dollars to $30,000 mark. Mario, we're not going to spend too much time on the Bitcoin price chart. But when you're looking at articles like these, I think it's important to take in both sides. We got the bullish perspective. What do you think about blockchain backers stating this could be a bull trap for the short term? Well, we can't discard we can't discard in his analysis because you know, kind of everybody's different. When you look at a chart, it can be interpreted interpret you know the interpretation can be made in so many different directions depending on the person. But I definitely think it's in the cards. I don't think we should be we should be ruling the fact that we're just going to go up from here. I, I definitely think corrections will happen. They always do, and and they're healthy for the market. We've had a correction after the ETFs came out. I thought we were going to go more into the 36. We didn't really quite get there. So are we going to get rejected at the 702? Like that's what blockchain backer is preaching. And I think that blockchain backer, I mean, I haven't been watching a lot of his content, but I believe what he's preaching is that Bitcoin is Bitcoin's bull run is not going to be the same this time. And we're going to get rejected here at the 702 and we're not going to go up anymore as far as Bitcoin. So I might be wrong. I've been catching some glimpses of his content here and there, but that's kind of what I've been picking up from from what he's saying. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I personally think that we're just, you know, mimicking somewhat the previous cycles. And that's what I'm counting on for me personally. 
Andrew Castle, I'd love to talk about some altcoins with you as well, because this morning we've seen VeChain perform outstanding in the short term, up over 30%. Actually, it's up over 52% on the weekly chart. But let's check out some of the updates that we could see out of this project. Tony put out this tweet earlier today showing that this month VeChain started at two and a half cents. We're currently trading at over four and a half cents on the daily time frame up 31% on the day. But what is happening with VeChain? It appears they're going to be announcing a major partnership sometime soon. And that's what I wanted to break down right here. VeChain is set to make a major announcement in the next few weeks. And here's what they announced on their Twitter account. VeChain is preparing to unveil its plans to aim utilizing blockchain technology to enhance sustainability efforts. And they've hinted through their Twitter at a possible major partnership coming later this month. But I wanted to play this video right here explaining what the value of VeChain is and then we'll go further with Andrew Cashflow. One of the reasons we got excited about VeChain was they already had recognized that they can solve real-world problems with a greater purpose, a purpose of helping society from traceability in the supply chain for recycling of plastic to circular economy in textiles. So in textiles, only 1% of textiles are recycled. But that industry is responsible for more than 4% of greenhouse gas emission. How can we solve that? Well, one way is to create a circular economy. And then another example I really like is the resea opportunity, where the vision is for a plastic-free ocean. Who doesn't want that? We all do, right? But how do you motivate people to do that? Well, you have to create the incentives for collective action. And I think that's one more area where blockchain and the technology of the VeChain is is really a leader in can can drive that kind of action. And Mar- uh, sorry, Cashflow, we broke down an article last week where we discussed how VeChain just passed 200 million transactions with Walmart China alone. We're talking about sustainability, carbon emissions, many of the most important narratives over the next five years. VeChain has a solution for. I'd love to hear your reaction to the Bitcoin news as well as the VeChain stuff that we just played. I have an idea that at this moment there is so much news coming over us, so much positive news that what we immediately see in, in the price action of all the coins, but also uh, uh, VeChain, yeah, it's it's a fantastic coin. <clears throat> On the other hand, they are now also manip- manipulating it a little bit because bringing such an article out that positive news is expected soon, and yeah, of course it will drive the price up. So, but but still, you know, and I would say. If you hold VeChain, and in the 3T Academy, we also speak a lot about VeChain, put it in your Exodus wallet and stake it for VTHO. So that's the, 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 the staking rewards, because also Vitor also went up to 100% or more this day. Just Mario, Mario told me. So you see, the possibilities are endless. And here, what you see with VeChain, this guy, we always talk about utility. Only a coin gets value when there is utility. This guy just sums up a lot of utility, which has a lot of adoption by the public because everybody wants uh, 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 yeah, sustainability and for environmental positive and real world problems solving. So, you know, and this is only the beginning of crypto. So it's it's fantastic. Don't, you know, don't, don't go and immediately buy by VeChain, wait till it drops a little bit again, because that's always after a, pri- a sharp price up. But, uh, you know, you see, diversify, and, and we can make a lot of money in this space. So it's fantastic. Thanks I agree for with article, you. Uh, 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 I agree with you, Cashflow. And that's the reason we do this show, right? We want to provide valuable list- valuable information to our listeners to help them profit in the crypto market. And I think it's an article like this that is very important as well, Johnny. And we are going a little bit fast. But it's because we have so many articles to cover during today's show. We haven't even touched our XRP information yet, guys. We already have 472 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, this was an article I'm going to tie about Gary Gensler stating to Ethereum, stating to hedge funds back in 2018, Ethereum and Litecoin are not securities because in his belief, they were sufficiently decentralized. Well, this is an article that was just published yesterday from the same publishing committee, Fortune.com, where they said this, Gary Gensler won't commit to Ethereum ETFs, says Bitcoin was approved because simply most sustainable thing to do after losing in court. What do I take away from that? We're going to have to battle Gary Gensler in court in order to get an Ethereum ETF approved. 
With all the Eastgate connections, I'm not sure Gary Gensler wants to take that road. But from those two headlines, that was my indication. What do you take away from those articles? Uh, it's interesting that he used the word sufficiently decentralized. That's that's the same words that your boy Hinman used. I don't know what the connection was back then because Gary was not. I don't think Gary, Gary was not in charge of the SEC back then, right? He came in 2020. So uh, very, very interesting to see how they actually chose the same exact the same exact words. That's that just doesn't make sense. But nonetheless, the reality is um, it is going to be an interesting thing. Now, remember this, as we learned from Freddie on, on Tuesday, you don't necessarily need something to be a security to put inside of an ETF. So we may still get the ETF. It's just going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, because remember, Abs, there's money to be made by the big boys. And when there's money to be made, they just somehow seem to find a way to see that it's sufficiently decentralized. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be as big of a battle as you do, but who knows? Let's wait and see. And that's where XRP Unleashed comes into the conversation, Johnny, because John Deaton did a fantastic segment with XRP Unleashed, and he's going to be revealing information that many of our community has never seen before when that documentary comes out. But I also want to give an update when it comes to John Deaton this morning because it is official, guys. He is running against Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts for the Senate. I believe it is for a Senate position John Deaton is running in Massachusetts. And as somebody who was born and raised in Boston, spent 20 years in Boston, nothing would make me happier than to see John Deaton elected. I was just having a conversation with some family members yesterday about how since 2019, it's almost like a different state. Well, that's how we start changing things, guys. We get people that we trust and respect into positions of power, and hopefully they can pass litigation to change things, Mario. So I was really excited to see that news as well. But what we're showing our listeners right now on the price charts is the Ethereum breakout that we are witnessing today. This person stated, his name is Rover CC on Twitter. He stated crypto, crypto history is repeating itself when it comes to Ethereum. The all-time high of the previous cycle was about $1,200. We broke all the way to about $5,000 in 2023. Jo or sorry, 2021. But Johnny, what are we witnessing here? If the peak is 5,000 for Ethereum in the previous cycle, I would anticipate we're going to do at least a two and a half X could take us to right around 10 to $12,000 in the short term for Ethereum. Ooh. And that goes without saying, right? We got so many positive catalysts on the horizon, so much big money entering the conversation. It is going to impact altcoins as well. And Mario, I'm going to play this brief video right here explaining what's happening at hedge funds because 75% of hedge funds are, are going to be investing their clients' money into crypto assets. Let's listen to an advisor talk about it himself. I'm anticipating that by the time we get to the end of 2025, we're talking two years, we're going to see total inflows of more than $150 billion. We're only at five right now. And what is what is going to propel? That's a big claim. That's a big number. What's it, going to propel that? It really isn't all that big when you do the simple arithmetic. Individual investment advisors, independents, those that are operating their own firms, collectively manage around $8 trillion in assets and three quarters of them in every industry survey done by DACFP as well as by Bitwise all show that three quarters of advisors say that they're going to allocate to these ETFs and that their average allocation is going to be about two and a half percent of assets. Do the arithmetic, $8 trillion times 77% times two and a half percent is $150 billion worth of flows. And that's just in independent advisors. It excludes the wirehouses. It excludes the regional broker dealers. It excludes the institutional investors. Give me a break, Mario. If you want to talk about the opportunity of a lifetime, we're going to need big companies and financial advisors to be on board with crypto assets. He just indicated the net inflows could be $150 billion from individual advisors alone. That is unbelievable considering where we are today. But we're going to move into some other content as well. I just wanted to get some thoughts from you. Yeah, look, they have the ETFs out now, so they need to do their job of promoting them. They need to do their, their job of incentivating investors to want to put their money into Bitcoin. And that's definitely the narrative that I'm seeing. And I'm not saying that, you know, it, it's not going to happen or that I don't think that's the way it should be. I, I definitely think that Bitcoin um, is going to continue to go up in price as long as as long as everything stays as it is with, with its network, right? And so I see newer generations being more likely to invest in, in a digital asset as opposed to a, a physical asset like gold. And so we keep comparing, we keep hearing the comparison between gold and Bitcoin. And so I can totally see that happening. Now, 
that's not to say that we're not going to go up in price forever. There's going to be corrections. And so touching a little bit on what we discussed yesterday, yes, I do believe that this is happening and I do believe that it will happen, but I still think there's going to be a correction. And I still think the cycle is, is going to play a part because especially we know institutions now uh, are in this, they know how the game is played and they're going to, they're going to manipulate the price both up and down. And so, best case scenario we're probably going to have just a better cushion whenever the bear market comes whenever you know things flip uh to the downside we're probably just going to have a better cushion meaning that bitcoin's not going to go down as dramatically and we're going to find a higher floor than we typically do absolutely and johnny i don't know if you have any additional thoughts did you have something to add or are we good to move forward no we're good to go Okay, guys, and we have a bunch of exciting content to get into, but one of the things I wanted to point out about Elizabeth Warren's 180 we're seeing on crypto, check out the breaking news from this morning as Elizabeth Warren signs a certificate to honor the creator Satoshi Nakamoto with a ceremonial flag stating, in quotes, Americans are forever grateful. This is not satire. This is real news, Johnny, and we're not going to spend any more time than you'd like to allocate, but give me your immediate reaction to Elizabeth Warren not only being the anti-crypto figurehead, the anti-crypto leader, the Tom Brady of the anti-crypto army is now signing certificates in honor of Satoshi Nakamoto. So floor is yours and we'll kick it to cash flow. Well, remember that. So, so I think what, what you, what you have to remember is they're not necessarily against Bitcoin. They're just against everything else. Right. Uh, Bitcoin is going to make the money now because they're all probably invested in, in either the miners or they're invested in in the ETF. So I, I think you're going to see a massive run I think, on, on Bitcoin. The thing that's got me kind of the battle that you're going to see here is, is actually between when I look at the charts is you've got BC backer who I highly, highly respect who has come out and said like, Hey man, I don't, I don't know if this thing's going any higher and we're at the 702, you know, right now. And so I, you know, we may bounce off that and pull back. I hope we do, Abs. I want to see a pullback to 30, 35. That'd be fantastic going to jump in. But then after that, it's very hard for me to not believe that we're not going back in the other direction with the supply crunch that's going to happen in the Bitcoin space, especially with the halving coming. That, I, you know, God, it's hard not to think it isn't going to go into the six-figure range. But BC Packers not wrong ever. So we're going to see if something has to break. Something's going to give, whether it's either BC Packers wrong or Bitcoin's going down. There's going to be a lot of disappointed people. I find it hard to believe, but we'll have to wait and see. I really am looking forward to that, Abs. Andrew Castle, I do have a stellar article to get into as well, but it looked like you had some comments. If not, we can go right into that article. But what are some of your thoughts on what Elizabeth Warren did with the Satoshi Nakamoto flag? Well, what I already said, how you know it was about November uh, uh, 22 that there was a tons of negative news, and now it is it is February 24, 14 months later. How much good news can we can we handle? I mean, is 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 this this is also manipulation? So you know, guess who is selling at the moment? Me, I'm selling small portions every time. Guess who is buying? The people who were not willing to buy in November 22. Yeah. And it's it, actually, it's a sad story, but we told it over and over and over again, you know, and now everybody is running and want to buy first. And guys, be careful what you do. Uh, go in small portions. If you still want to go in and, and don't gamble all your money, but but do it, do your asset allocation wisely. That, that's, that's what I want to do. And yep. I like, you know, I like the positive news. And this is some very funny news as well, because somebody commented hilarious in regards to the Elizabeth Warren news, Johnny. We've got some other interesting news from Gary Gensler earlier this week, where Gary Gensler stated on CNBC that Bitcoin is not that decentralized. Now, interesting way to describe it from somebody who's so articulate. Let's hear what Gary Gensler had to say and discuss it. Here we go. Make difference is part of part of the attraction since it's decentralized and then and you can't but, have but, 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 you can't have a profligate central bank. It's not that decentralized. Well, I know, I know you're saying not. because of the ETFs, but 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 really no, it no, is no, it's not decentralized because look how finance tends towards centralization since antiquity. Right. So what do we have? We have a handful of three to six core so-called crypto I understand that the asset itself, the way that, you know, the, the, that's the, the how distributed the ledger, ledger. Right. That's, how, that's the how the ledger. And now, how many times do you have people on this show that say, I want to invest in something because how the books and records are kept? 
I mean, Joe, really? You, it's just an accounting ledger, a clever. It's a ledger that, that everyone has, that something. everyone has and can't be double counted. It, it, it's almost immutable. It, that's, that's why people think it has. So you values. trust it more than an Oracle database or you trust, I, I, it, more I trust it more than a make difference? Okay, here's what we have to discuss here, Johnny, because I want to be serious about this. I think Gary Gensler is actually being intentionally misleading. Like, I, I don't even think he's disguising it anymore. Anybody who's done the research on Gary knows that he was teaching crypto courses about Bitcoin and at basically an advocate for the technology up until about 2020 when he was selected to be at the SEC. Give me some serious thoughts, right? Because I want to I want to highlight the reality of what Gary Gensler is doing. It's totally intentional what he's stating about the decentralized nature compared to the accounting measures that Bitcoin uses. Floor is yours. Yeah. So first of all, let's remember where we got Gary. You know, we got him high up on the rat snake. We mean because he's not the highest. We all know who's the highest. If I have to tell you, then you haven't been watching this show long enough. He's actually in our chat room, so I won't I won't even say his name. But Abs, so here's the thing that, that's very interesting about Gary's argument, what you just heard. He changed the way they're looking at it. He's not even so. I forgot the name of the news commentator. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's a ledger and the way it works. He's like, no, 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 it doesn't matter about that. It doesn't matter how it works. It's that only three or four exchanges distribute it. He literally brought it back to how it's being distributed. And then he's calling that. And again, I'm drawing conclusions because he he, he didn't say a lot there. But what the, the way he's making it sound is, well, it's centralized because it's only sold on three or four exchanges. So that's that's how you that's why we're calling it uh, a, a centralized entity, which, by the way, he himself and his boy Hinman both said it was sufficiently decentralized years ago. So which one is it, Gary? Now, what would have been great is if they had played his his speech about it being sufficiently sufficiently decentralized years ago and then ask him what changed. Why is it not now, Gary? Why was it essentially sufficiently decentralized before? And what would really help us is. So wait a minute, is it how it works or is it where you buy it from? Doesn't make sense to me, Abs. Doesn't make sense at all. Because when you think of the nodes and the networks, that is that is decentralized, right? You have a bunch of different miners. Well, it was when when, when Ethereum was was a was a proof of work. So very, very interesting how he's thinking about it completely different. The good thing about the article is it got us to get a, we got a sense a little bit of sense to be able to see into Gary's mind. We got to look into Gary's mind to see how he's talking about it now. Very, very interesting. It wasn't the way I was thinking about it, but he's thinking about it completely different. And that sheds a little light now onto why. And, and if you take that approach, Abs, then yeah, every, every altcoin out there, he's going to say the same thing. Oh yeah. These are all, you know, if these are all purchased on three or four exchanges. Then they're all securities. That's what he's going to say. Listen, guys, it's Johnny Crypto's birthday. So throw some hashtag Johnny Cryptos in the live chat if you're oh, loving this content. We got 608 people here. Johnny's turning 35. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew Cashflow, floor is yours. We'll kick it to Mario. You know, at least we see the tone of Gary Gensler a little bit changing. In the past, we saw him always a little bit quiet and in the defense. and But now he's a little bit in the offense. But on the other hand, he is also educating and teaching the people about Crypto, centralization, decentralization. So at least, you know, I'm a positive thinker. I think this is at least a path into positivity for crypto. Although, you know, he tries to keep his instruments, but I think he's losing his instruments at the moment to, to make uh, crypto a bad thing. So I think this is a positive move for us in the crypto space. And, and Gary also knows that his, that his days are counted in November. At least that's what I expect. I agree with you, Cashflow, and check out this breaking news, Mario, we got from this morning. The SEC has disclosed that the Empower Oversight Committee in the USA, that the SEC's OIG is in the final stages of an investigation into the cryptocurrency-related financial conflicts of interested empowerment referred in May 2022. So what does that mean in English? We're going to go back right here and reference it, guys. The SEC, according to this organization, is being cited for William Hinman, to ensure that he participated in the special interests of regulating financial assets. This is really interesting, Mario. I'm going to I'm gonna read this quote for quote, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Give me some thoughts and we'll read through that document. Look, there's no doubt that there's, um, there's a certain le level of interest 
and everything that's happening in the crypto space, especially when it comes to regulation and, you know, uh, Gary Gensler and how he voices his opinion. I truly believe that it has to do with interest. It has to do with with a, a different and bigger agenda, because, I mean, it makes no sense. Like we, they went after Ripple for XRP being a security. There's that infamous speech about Ethereum being sufficiently decentralized. And now he's going on mainstream media and saying that Bitcoin's not that decentralized when he's clearly stated in the past that. Well, he's voiced his opinion about Bitcoin not being a security. He hasn't voiced his opinion about everything else, but he did say that Bitcoin was not a security in his opinion. So what constitutes a security? If the laws are so clear, why is he being so unclear? And so there's a bigger agenda. And then obviously, you know, as you stated about that, that, um, that piece of news right there, it would be nice for, for us to find out like the real truth and uh, why is it that, the, you know, they're doing what they're doing, but I, I have a hard time believing that we will find out like the real truth, but at least let's try and, um, you know, expose the the bad actors and the people that, that are involved in this and are, are manipulating the market. All right, guys, we're going to get into this groundbreaking document from today. I titled this episode, this changes everything dot, dot, dot for this document right here. Johnny crypto, we got 635 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And somebody asked, Where's the cake for Johnny Crypto? I'm sending him a virtual cake right now. But let's get into a serious article this morning, Johnny. The SEC's inspector general is in the final stages of an investigation on the crypto conflicts referred by the Empower Oversight Committee. What's happening? The SEC was just authorized or informed that the OIG has an open investigation into the matter that they are in the final stages of completing. The Empower Oversight's referral cited records that obtained that were obtained through the Freedom of Information Act, raising serious questions about the failures of the SEC's ethic office and SEC's senior official, William Hinman, to ensure that he avoided participating in matters where he had a financial interest, including a controversial speech declaring that certain digital assets were not subject to SEC enforcement. Is this the moment we've all been waiting for, Johnny? I really want to start with you when it comes to this information. First of all, the SEC is under an investigation from a committee above them. This is huge for us because now the principal has come into the classroom and they've called the SEC to the office. Maybe we're going to find out some real information. And something that was very positive is the fact that they're referencing William Hinman's speech and the direct, uh, the direct impact it had on the regulation of digital assets in the USA. So a lot of information there. We're kicking it right to cash flow. But what's your reaction? Well, you know how I feel about these things, Abs. Nobody's gonna, you know, nobody's gonna probably be surprised by my thoughts. But you know, I'm yet to see any uh, one of these committees or whatever you want to call these, um, you know, search parties, whatever you call them, right? These, uh, in this case, Inspector General, ever hold anything accountable? So, like, the information comes out and we find out something, but then nothing ever happens. And and I feel that this is just gonna be the same thing. I think we're gonna find some things out just like we found out about Hinman. But whatever happened when we got the Hinman emails, right? What happened? What what truly really happened other than all of us talking about it on the air? No, nothing. Not even a slap on the wrist, nothing. So I, I won't, I, I suspect it'll be a similar thing. Maybe we'll get some more details. Maybe we'll get some news. Maybe even somebody will lose a job, Abs. Maybe somebody will get fired. But, but I find that, you know, these things are kind of one of those things where I don't get excited to hold my breath anymore that anything's going to come out of it because I haven't haven't seen that happen in years. But if it does, great. And that's what I'm going to hope and pray for, that we get something that we get some information and people are held accountable for their actions. I really, truly hope that happens, Abs. And to me, you're right. There was definitely some shady things that went on. Good to see that there was an investigation. But, but Abs, the question is, who's doing the investigating? That's really the key here, right? And we'll, we'll and so I'll hold my breath. Well, not for too long, and we'll see what happens at the end of the day uh, when the report comes out. I'm sure we'll be talking about it. But will something happen? Uh, I wouldn't put a lot of money on that. That's for sure. Mario, we're going to you first, and then cash flow. What's your immediate reaction to this? Because I want to go over the dates and then kick it to Andrew Cashflow. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm the same same ballpark as as Johnny. I I I just I would love for people to be held accountable, but at the same time. I really doubt that they will. I mean, we saw what's happening with with FTX. Uh, it, we haven't really gotten anywhere with with Sam Bankman-Fried, and and I think that especially because of it being government and government 
you know, previous government officials or people with or people with uh, government positions, I have a hard time believing that there's going to be real accountability, you know, slap on the wrist, maybe. But, you know, best case scenario. But I think I think at least it's good that they're trying to push the truth out. And that's really what's going to be good for the public. Try to find out some of the truth. Try to find out some of this corruption that's happening, because at the end of the day, it comes down to corruption and, and trying to pick and choose who's going to be the winners. And so I think that that side of it is is positive. I will say this, Abs. The good uh-huh. news, the good news is when 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 it does come out, it'll provide plenty plenty of material to our man Chris. <laughs> Shout out to Chris who's doing XRP Unleashed because Chris, you're going to have enough information maybe to do the next documentary. Because the reality is that's probably the best things that will come out of these things. Abs is the the real truth to come out, and then it can lead then to these documentaries that can then because let's face it. Like only about 20 of us are going to actually read the report, right? But if there's a movie made about it, then there's a good probability of, of kind of it getting pushed out to more of the masses. So, you know, if you're looking for the silver lining of it, I think that's where there's potentially a silver lining is that information's re- released. And then you've got some good filmmakers that may actually take that abs and do something with it and bring it to the public, the general public. So from that perspective, that, that's what I think, you know, that's where maybe we can get some good stuff coming out of it. Andrew, right. one quick comment before I kick yeah. it straight to you here is that to date, the SEC has not produced any documents. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like uh, complying. Complying is the word I was looking for. The SEC has still produced no documents and refused to indicate when they will be producing documents for this investigation. So they haven't complied whatsoever. But that's par for the course when it comes to the SEC. Floor is yours. You know, we are talking about keep people accountable. You know, the elite and, and the, the people with money, the people with influence, in the end, they cover each other because they know they need each other. And do you think really that 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 as soon as they don't need you anymore, they will let you go? But if you have enough money and enough influence, they will tease you a little bit and they will go in discussion with each other. But, you know, just follow the money and, 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 and the corruption. And, and it, it goes from there. So don't be surprised. I would say also don't take too much attention to it, but see if you can navigate the space and do your uh, yeah, advantage with the knowledge you have. You know, the positive news, the negative news, that brings the sentiment, that brings the changes in prices of, of crypto. And, and that's where we want to go. And that's where we make the make our profits. And of course, it is super fantastic gossip. And, 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 and it's, uh, it, it's like soap. And that's also what we like to talk about it here. Andrew, you make some great points. And I think it's very funny when I look at the market overall, how quickly people are getting bearish on some projects and overly bullish on others. Give me one second. I just want to clear my throat, Johnny. But this is what's really interesting, Mario, is the changes we're witnessing in the United States today. We've debated for such a long time about will the Ethereum documents be produced? What will the consequences be? Will it appear that over the next two to three years, as Gary Gensler exits the SEC, Jay Clayton has faded far into the background. Bill Himmons on his private island somewhere enjoying that $15 million check. That's when the information is going to come out. And this is what I liked about what Andrew Cashflow had to say, is that even if they're exposed, if they're powerful enough, they're going to be protected. They won't have any serious consequences. So while pulling up this last article in regards to Stellar and a Circle partnership, give me some final takes. 100% abs. They will be They will be covered up. And, and the thing is like, we like we know the background that Gary Gensler has, and I know that when it comes to his financial background, a lot of people say that he's always been kind of this tough guy. Uh, but he used to teach blockchain at MIT. So going back to the very beginning of 2021, I remember this clearly. We were all super excited that Gary Gensler was the guy that was being considered to be the next chair of the SEC because he understood crypto. He understood the technology. We were hoping he was going to be a positive regulator. Look how that turned out. So at this point, nothing surprises me anymore. If we get another type of regulator and, you know, they seem to be this next best thing, I'm, you know, I'm just going to stay neutral and 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 kind of wait and see what, how it turns out. And it, it won't surprise me if it turns out to be this tough regulator. At the end of the day, we need that regulation, though, to come out. We need Congress to finally push something out. It's probably going to be that that bill uh, with the uh, stable coins. But I think, it, you know, anything is good at this point. Anything would be good at this point. Agreed, Mario. And Johnny Crypto, we're about to get into some exciting XRP content as well. Did you have any closing statements or am I good to move forward? Yeah, no, I kind of agree with that. I think we will only get a stable coin uh, regulation abs, which will kind of show us where 
how, what the challenge is going to look like ahead moving for altcoins. They also said that regulation will, well, at least Yellen asked for, just to rem remind all our, all our, our chat folks here, they're asking for regulation on non-security coins, which is pretty much Bitcoin and maybe arguably XRP. And then that's it. And you're not going to really get it. So what about all the other 13,000 coins that are active? What, what, do the, what, what do we, we're still left with this mess of not knowing what's going on with those and what they mean. And to me, that is the problem. That's still going to cause a challenge for this area because they're going to leave us all, all that dangling to hang and leaving that all hanging abs. And like, what does it mean? And, and then it really falls back down onto who's ever at the chair and not so much that, but who's ever the chair's boss, what, what administration is in charge and what is their feeling towards crypto that, that to me, I, I don't like that, but that's probably where we're headed. And let's talk about some price action for XRP now, guys, because we're going to draw some comparisons between 2021 and what we're witnessing in 2024. Bitcoin is breaking out into new time, new all-time highs. This is the this is the data from 2021. We officially broke all-time high on December 14th of 2020, quickly touching about fifty thousand dollars here in July. Or sorry, that's actually our all-time high. That's about sixty-five thousand dollars in July of 2021. Well, let's see what other tokens were doing during that time. We had Cardano do a 24x, going from about nine cents all the way to three dollars. We had Stellar doing a 7x. That token went from about eight cents up to 68 cents during that time. But here's what our listeners should be important think is important: XRP during the midst of an SEC lawsuit still did an 11x when Bitcoin broke its all-time high, and that's what I want to prepare our listeners for in this next bull cycle. People are overly pessimistic on this project, and we're going to show you exactly why they're overly pessimistic and not being realistic. XRP has formed a three-year massive breakout of a candle, and we're coming to a point where things are breaking, right? We've created this 18-month line of support going all the way back. You can actually use a four-year line of support here. Going all the way back into the beginning of 2020, Johnny, we've created this very, very strong trend line. We've only wicked below it once, and it was quickly revived. So what are we doing here? We're at the bottom of that trend line and we're approaching the pinnacle at the end of this triangle. Yes, yes. What I'm also going to tie this into is the fact that, and we're not going to focus on the bottom part because this man is calling for a hundred dollar XRP, but this is hey. what I thought was really interesting on a closer view. XRP's two week candle appears to be caught between the 21 moving average and the 55 moving average. The downside risk is about 45 cents, but if we close above 60 cents, this could be a crucial range as it means we're now above the 21 week week moving average and on a two week time frame that's a huge range of resistance so there's a lot of positivity when it comes to the price chart of XRP in particular and the fact that the regular everyday investor is overly bearish Johnny that's what we look for we like to consider yeah. ourselves the people who buy when blood is in the streets and we found blood in the streets when it comes to XRP right now if you post a price chart there's negativity you bring positive news there's negativity what we're really on the precipice of is two things that I think are huge. The resolution of the lawsuit and the Bitcoin having driving the entire market to a liquidity range we've never seen before above 3.1 trillion. So I said a lot within that clip. Give me a couple of your takes before we move into some new evidence about Ripple having an XRP ETP in the USA. Yeah, well, first of all, I'll leave the chart back up, Abs, if you don't mind, because it's easier. I wanted, I wanted to bring out a point that when you look at where we're headed, you, like you said, we're coming to a pinnacle point, a decision in what time is that? Around April, May-ish, right? How amazing is that? That it times up almost perfectly, almost perfectly <laughs> with the Bitcoin happening, right? In, 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 in another one of those triggering events that, that's kind of going to drive and bring attention in awareness to the crypto space to me i love it i love because you, you i give you credit for this you always say it, show me the chart i'll show you the news and you can almost see it you can see the story coming you can all see it coming together how these things are, are lined up so well i i don't i don't know how they do it but it is very fascinating because at some point i like when we get to a point where some decision has to be made something has to happen at that point we're either going up or we're going down and most likely most likely i'm a guy of probabilities and realism right you know me i'm realistic i'm not your hopium guy but i actually do believe based on that and that structure we are probably gonna we should we should be breaking to the upside there it just makes sense you have a lot of catalysts coming you've got the bitcoin having coming you've got potentially the, the ending of the case ruling 
you know, the settlement deal coming with that monkey completely finally off its back. Maybe the Fed starts cutting. Who knows? There's just so many positive things that could be coming that I, I feel like it's going to break to the upside. And because it's been coiled up so strong, who knows? Maybe we, we, we really zip to the upside. I hope you call Dominic. Tell him to sell all his XRP in the month of April or May so we can get a real strong zip to the upside. Well, but, uh, hold on. Let me just say, Dominic just threw me under the bus with my best friend of 20 years live on air. That was a private conversation, my friend. But I'm going to let it slide this morning. It's Johnny Crypto's birthday. And, of course, I'm not being serious. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I thought you were the one that said that, Vivi. I didn't me. say it on air. Oh, shoot. Oh, I. you know what? That's I okay, thought guys. we were on the air. I'm listen, sorry. Listen, listen. It's your birthday. I can't be upset. But I, I want to break down some new that up. I'm so sorry. I thought we were on the air no. when you did that. Guys, I'm just kidding. Dominic, <laughs> see, it doesn't matter at all. But oh, this shit. is what I was talking about earlier, Mario. When we talk about indicators on the price chart, the RSI is also historically low. And That's remember, I showed bad. our listeners. What? Sorry. I'm getting old ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. I got to make jokes. It's fine, go. Um, this is what we're talking about right now. So XRP is bullish, and we showed this on the price charts last week, where the RSI is approaching a range that we've always used as a rebound. It's like a trampoline at that 30% range, Mario. And this is the red line. It's difficult to see for our listeners. That is 54 cents. So we are actually sitting above this 54 cent mark into inside of this breakout here. And I've highlighted that I think we're going to move to 62 cents on the next breakout. Many of the indicators are showing us that. But if you listen to The Everyday Investor, they're going into other projects right now. That's why I'm so bullish. You give me your take, we'll kick it to cash flow. Yeah, I look, that's that's a great way to analyze kind of not on not only the price action, but the sentiment of the people. And the sentiment of the people right now is that you know, XRP is not gonna go anywhere, that they're they're losing faith. And that tends to be when there's a flip. That tends to be the moment when there's a flip, right? And that flip obviously is XRP potentially going to the upside. Um, as you show that chart of what XRP actually did in the last bull run, it put a different perspective in my mind. It told me that we did an 11X, but XRP had a bull run. We just didn't see it, right? We, we thought it was going to be different. We thought that XRP was going to go from 50 cents to 10 bucks, right? And yep. what happened instead was because the price got brought to the downside with a lawsuit was we went from low 20s. Uh, I think we we were probably at even like 18 cents all the way up to a dollar 80, whatever it was. So we did have a bull run. We just didn't see it. So this time around, again, I believe that those prices are still in the cards because now, especially with April coming and potentially no more lawsuit, there's complete clarity for XRP. There's the, the path is clear. So I'm interested to see what's happening there. For me, it's a make it or break it moment. But as far as the cycle. I am not letting go of my XRP just yet. I am going to wait for the cycle to play out. And then once the cycle is coming to an end, then I'll make a decision on my XRP holdings. But for the time being, I'm actually excited with the fact that a lot of people are jumping ship because I actually see that as an opportunity. Yeah, actually, I want to build on that. So I got a question for all you guys, including Andrew. So right now, we're getting this pump, right? We're seeing a, a really, really cool pump in crypto and everything's going up. And, and now the question is going to be, do you sell? Do you take profits here? You know, or because we know, well, because we know what we don't know, that there's a Bitcoin having coming, we're moving into the next bull run. Do you hold and wait for that really true pump or risk potentially moving it if you don't buy back in? I'm curious to see what you guys are doing. Uh, oh, I'd love guys- to start this, Johnny, because you know what's interesting? I was going over some data last night, and, and I've covered this on the show before. According to the data, if we apply what we've seen in the previous three halving cycles to what we're, what's coming up this time, Bitcoin should do a 2.5x from whatever the price is on the halving date. That's a low estimate. That's uh, as low as an estimate as I can give. As you've what, seen. Okay. Exactly. Or This isn't actually my data. I'm copying data from Van Eyck and... Um, Mark Yusko's company. I just can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Morgan, Morgan Creek. Morgan Creek. So I was reading a couple of their reports. These are their lowball estimates I'm sharing with our listeners. So think about this. If yeah. Bitcoin is $50,000 on April 17th when the halving takes place, that means that their lowball estimates are $150,000 price for this bull market to $175,000. In my estimates, if we continue on the pace that we're at, we could be sitting at above $65,000 on the day of the halving leading us to believe that we could see a $200,000 Bitcoin at the peak of this cycle. Now, is that what I'm planning for? No. But is that what the evidence and data shows me? Yes. That's why I find it really interesting, Johnny. 
I don't know if anybody else had thoughts, but I, I thought that'd be a good place to start. So, so there's the question, right? Like, if you believe there's some truth to that, let's say there is, right? And I think we all do that we're going to go two or three X from wherever we're at the having that puts us at a hundred to maybe 125, even up to 150 potentially. And we're sitting here today at 50. Should you be selling? Should you be taking the chance to, to buy, you know, you could buy the dips. You certainly can, but man, if you forget to get in and you know, cause what we don't know is when is that thing going to take off? Everybody thinks it's six to nine months later because historically that's what it's done. But we also know that, Nothing ever happens the way we think it's going to happen. And you got another whole monkey wrench into this thing. You now have the big boys. For the first time ever, first time ever, we now have the big boys playing in our sandbox. Right? They haven't been here. They weren't here in 2021. They weren't here in 2017. They certainly weren't here in 2013. There was no Bitcoin ETF. This is a whole nother game. This ain't even our sandbox anymore. The big boy slid that son of a bitch over, bolted it on, and made it bigger. And now it's their sandbox, and we're playing in their sandbox. So I'm not so sure how to think about it. And I'm just curious how you guys are playing it. Um, and maybe we start with Andrew. Like, Andrew, are you going to be taking profits along the way? Or are you just kind of kind of sit and hold and see how high we go? Actually, what I do is uh, I'm also managing portfolios for some other people, mostly family. I will just take the exit points. Set out, you know. It, it before we went in, we discussed here is where this is where we go out. For myself, I take a little bit more advanced approach with stop loss orders. You know, the the, the only issue is how much should be the bandwidth of your stop loss order and the current price. That's challenging. That can be fifteen to twenty percent. So you're risking fifteen to twenty percent when you're kicked out. But on the other hand, it also, if it goes up, you are, yeah, at least you are, you are in a position that you can make much more money. So it's, it's a balancing game, but make the decision now what you do and, and, and stick to your plan. It's exactly what I also guide you with in, in, in the Smart Investor uh, Program. It's all the way about thinking to learn how to take profits, do it often, get used to take profits because then it is not that exciting anymore because what we need to do is take the emotion out of investing and trading and just do it as a machine but make the plan for your for your uh, for your exit and then stick to your exit because else you will regret it because if it goes up you think it will go higher higher and you know prices will go up over the stairs but it will go down and it will jump out of the window and you are always too late. So that's my two cents about it. But if you have a plan, it's always better. And, uh, and don't regret it because nobody gets poor of taking profits. Absolutely, cash flow. And we got 774 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Something I find really important when I'm looking at this price chart, Mario. One of our listeners commented, you don't agree with BC Backer. I'm shocked. That's not what we're saying necessarily. We're just providing both sides of the argument. And what the data tells me is that BC backers take is more unlikely than what we're breaking down right now. Actually, I'm not. Oh, go ahead. Actually, Abs, I want to clarify that. I, I actually don't disagree with BC backer. Pull that chart back up. He actually showed there that we're at the, what he calls the 702. Yeah, if you could bring your chart up. There it is. The 702 reach. I actually think he's right. I think we're hitting this point and you see we're kind of struggling. I think we may get a retrace here. I really, really do agree with him. I think we'll pull back. And I think he was saying, you know, somewhere around 30, 35. I'm actually hoping in abs, I ain't going to lie. I'm hoping and praying that we get a pullback to 35 because I do want one more crack at Bitcoin to buy some because I don't have listen, a lot listen, of Listen, 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 listen. Johnny I, was the exact same guy. Just to preface, there's a lot of new listeners here. They're going to think Johnny's a bear market or, or a shorting kind of guy. No. Johnny's the type of guy who, when we go to, if Johnny had 10 Bitcoin and he, and it reached a hundred thousand, now he's a million dollars worth of Bitcoin. He is the type of guy, even though he's a bull market, he wants the prices to go higher. He's always looking for that next buy. So like, don't take his info with a grain of salt. He's not bearish on Bitcoin. He's not bearish on crypto. What he's saying, see, this is, this is, this is very funny. John Verdeau said, Johnny, shut up. It's time for the bull run. No, what I, they don't understand is what they don't and understand. Respectfully, I'm, I just want to say this. It's respectful what we're saying. Like, We've been through the bear market. I think people are so done with these last pullbacks. If you haven't accumulated enough of your Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, XRP during this bear market, take full accountability, including Johnny. If you need to get more Bitcoin, you had years to do it. And I'm only being sarcastic because I know you yeah. have Bitcoin. Yeah, but I think the reality is I think he's right. I think we're going to hit the 702. I think we're going to pull back. And it's going to be one last opportunity 
to possibly grab some around the 30, 35K, hopefully, because the way the markets work, the further we go down, actually, the higher we go up. 100%. I totally agree with Love Sucks. Red days are great. That's when you're buying abs. And I, I truly hope we get one more opportunity because I didn't get to, you know, I didn't get to buy as much Bitcoin as I wanted. And I know there's a lot of people with the same sentiment. And so we may get that one last bull trap before, you know, or what we call beer trap, sorry, before we go skyrocketing up to the next levels, uh, what you talked about. So we'll keep an eye on it. It all certainly feels like it's it's making lining up perfectly. Just think about what you said. We typically go 3x the price of the having date. So let's see what we are on the having date. But right now we're at the 702, which typically means we pull back. So don't be surprised if we pull back, then we start heading back up again before the having. That's kind of what I'm looking for. I don't know if it's going to play out, but that's kind of how I'm playing it to see where we go. Because I, I ain't going to lie. I want one more shot at Bitcoin if we can get it. And I know you do too. Uh, I don't because I'm ready for the bull run. Like, it's not that I don't have enough cryptocurrency. It's that I'm not ready. I'm not going to be one of those guys who count, who looks at what I don't have. I've got so much, you know, not so much relative to myself. I've got a lot of cryptocurrency, so I'll be okay. I'm not going to sit here and wait for a pullback on ETH and say, oh, I wish I got two more Ethereum or I wish I bought a quarter of a Bitcoin. For me, I'm ready for the bull market. I think all of our listeners are excited to make some money. So I'm going to be excited to use my exit strategy, take advantage of Merlin. Like this time I'm using Merlin. I have my price target set. It's going to take much less thinking, much less anxiety during the time. So I'm looking forward to it, guys. And we got 500 people here. Check it out. Use the Merlin application 30 days, absolutely free. You can go in there, connect all your exchanges, all your crypto wallets, track them from one location and create an exit plan. Not only to figure out how much money you're going to make, but we'll give you tax estimates as well. And Johnny, one of the things I wanted to point out before we end this show is the data I received from the user poll. So let me go back to that comment. Um, oh, I lost it up here. Here we go, guys. So which happens first? This is what I asked our users today. Bitcoin reaching 69,000, Ethereum reaching 4,000, Solana reaching 250, or XRP reaching $2. Well, the data's in, and it turns out that many of our listeners believe Bitcoin reaching 69,000, 56% of the votes state that's what they believe will happen first. 27% of people think XRP could touch $2 before that time. 12% are betting on Ethereum at 4K, and only 3% are betting on Solana. I wouldn't be one of those either, guys, but I've never held any Solana to be fully <laughs> transparent. So Johnny Crypto, we, first of all, for the 15th time, happy birthday, my friend. Congratulations. And I'm really proud to call you, my friend, everything we've accomplished both on this show and behind the scenes. It's a blessing to call you Mario, Cashflow, Gonzo, everybody, my good friends. But I lost my train of thought a little bit. I just want to say thank you to all of our live listeners. We've got a couple minutes left in the show. Let me see if there's any articles you didn't get to in the background, Johnny. Maybe you talk about Merlin. Yeah, don't listen. I don't want to beat the dead horse here. If you guys have tried Merlin out, great. If you haven't, here's the good news. We offer it free abs for everybody. Maybe can you show a screenshot of it of that? But we do free 30 days of Merlin. You get to try it out. You can get your accounts ready. Here's the thing, abs. We're all talking about something important. We're talking about emotions. And the beautiful thing about Merlin, you said it, and actually Andrew said it too. Create your plan now. Create it before we get into the heart of the bull run, before we're emotional and it's hard to make decisions. You want to be doing that right now as we are going through this whole process and get everything set up while your mind. Remember, they always say make decisions when your mind is cool, when you're cool headed, right? Not when you're hot and emotional. You're going to make bad decisions. So the beautiful thing about Maryland, you can go sign up now, 30 days free. Link is below this. this uh, well, if you're listening on the radio, it's www.merlincrypto.com. Go there, try it out, set it up, build yourself an exit plan. And what's cool is when you build an exit plan, we've got a tool in there, Abs, that actually shows you what your tax uh, liability will be. So you can no, see- No, wait, wait a minute. What do we else What else do we have in Merlin? I'm only- Yeah, my man. Yeah, right. that's right. You get to see what your profits are and you get to see what taxes you're going to have to owe Uncle Sam. So you can kind of prep and be all mentally prepared ahead of time. Know what you're going to make, know what you're going to owe. You can even put in an IUL, whatever the hell you want to do with it. Until it's due to Uncle Sam. But we've tried to really make people's lives simpler. Like you said, apps, you can just set it and forget it. Now, you won't have to be looking at your phone 20 times a day. And just like Mario sent me a text saying, hey, check out Mono when the price is pumping. Merlin's going to do the same thing for you. It's going to send you a text and say, hey, time to sell. And you know, you better go get it. You better go make some moves so you can put some profits you know, in your bank. 
Thank you so much, guys. And let's check it out right here. This is the last article we're going to cover on the show as Africa's digital revolution gains momentum with the lev- the yellow card introduction with USDC on Stellar. This is really cool. We're thrilled to bring USDC on Stellar to our users, and it's a giant leap forward for global payments, making it easier, faster, and more affordable for people around the world to access and utilize digital dollars, Mario. Once again, Stellar's in the middle of these important conversations, but what's your biggest takeaway? And we'll close this thing out. They are abs. And like I stated in the past, like Stellar is definitely a project to keep an eye on, especially, and I, th- and obviously, especially because of the suppression that they've been getting as far as price action. I see that as an opportunity. Uh, they're, they're taking more action into their marketing, into their rebranding. So I think that that could take a, a, a positive spin into the narrative once once the hype comes back into the market and and people start to look at different crypto projects. Um, I definitely think there's opportunity there and Stellar is building a, a great ecosystem and product. Absolutely, guys. And we got 593. Love we I got really five- love Stellar. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry, brother. I no, that's okay. Stellar is such one of those projects that it's kind of like, you know how it's just sleeping. It's silent. It's in the background there, right? Nobody's talking about it. Meanwhile, Franklin Temblin's picking them up and using them without even being pushed. We know this other entities using Stellar, you know, very quietly. I think one day we're going to wake up and we'll be like, wow, we were focusing so much on XRP. Look what the hell Stellar did in the background silently. So kudos to them, man. I, I definitely, if you're getting new and you're getting started in this space, I know we're out of time. Make sure you take a look at this. This may be one of those horses you want to have in your stable. Spot on, Johnny Crypto. We got 570 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you own Stellar, throw a one in the live chat. If you do not own Stellar, put a two in the live chat. And tomorrow, we're going to be having Crypto Eddie on the show. So that's going to be an awesome episode. We love you guys. We'll see you in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Thank you, guys.